I did a dumb thing. I let Michael bait me. I woke the next morning angry at the world, angry at God if he exists, that Samuel was gone. And there was Michael on the porch, praying with Ginger and blessing her. And I thought of how in the book of Enoch the angels fell because they loved women. And I thought to remind Michael that just maybe the world doesn't need any more Nephilim. He looked at me with a smile in his eyes and said gently, I would never fall so far. Then maybe don't get the poor girl's hopes up, I muttered and stalked off to the barn. Shoveling shit suited my mood. Michael came to talk to me after a time. I was sweaty and dirty, but two stalls were sparkling with fresh hay. As I started on the third, Michael looked over the door at me, leaning on the wood. Why are you here, Michael? I asked, annoyed. Why are you? he asked in return. I belong here, I told him. I have a job to do. Do you know what the Bible says about love? he asked me. Actually, yes. None shall be without her mate. Michael quoted at me. Those who work their land will have abundance, but those that chase fantasies have no sense, I shot back. Sam is alive, Sheriff, and she needs you. Then she shouldn't have left me. She had no choice. She had ignored her duties for too long. The call was overwhelming. What duties? I nearly shouted at him. Samyaza was always partial to human women. And then it all clicked together. I dropped the shovel, staring horrified at Michael. No, I managed to whisper. No way. Michael didn't respond, only looked at me. It made sense now, the lack of stories of her past, her need to help others. Had I been only a distraction in the wasteland when others needed her more? I shook my head and thought rationally. She loved me. I, I wasn't simply a distraction, and I loved her, but I had let her leave. There were weird things in our wasteland, far weirder than an angel loving a human. Those thoughts chased me as I packed a bag, throwing in food and other supplies, grabbed my rifle and ammo for it and my pistol, saddled the horse and told Tripp he was in charge until I returned. If I returned. Michael met me at the top of the driveway. Where is she? I asked him. Birmingham, he told me. She got the people out, but returned for a little boy that was left behind. With a nod, I was off. And that's where I'm at now, two days later with a tape recorder app on this otherwise useless phone, something Frankie pressed into my hand as I left. Keep talking, and she'll be okay. She can hear you. Just keep talking, they signed to me. And I hugged them hard in case I never saw them again. The theater is abandoned. There were people here. There's signs of them everywhere. But it's empty now and dark. The stage's curtains have moth holes in them and the dust is thick. Whoever was living here wasn't doing so in style. Wait, what was that? Goddamn mice. Shit. Can I say that? Am I more liable for blasphemy if I'm married to an angel? Or am I automatically forgiven? The ride here wasn't smooth. It rained some of the way and I cursed Michael for the bad luck. I think I almost foundered the horse, but an hour twelve or so the beast found a second wind and began to canter again, then gallop alongside the interstate shoulder. As the sky finally cleared, the moon came out from behind the clouds. It was full, lighting the burnout cars and remains of the dead around us. At one point, the stars began to fall from the sky, the meteor shower brighter than the moon, and 
I had to smile at Michael's sense of humor. Samma had been missing for so long, I almost couldn't believe she was still alive. But Michael wouldn't lie, would he? Could he? In the early light of dawn, I reached Birmingham. The city was still dark under the buildings, and eyes watched me from the ruins. What were they waiting for? Crawlers don't have enough sense to hang back. The marquee over the theater begged for help. Survivors, it said, need supplies. I found the door open, but there's no one here, not even a crawler. They're all waiting on me outside, but I'm not leaving here empty-handed. Samma, where in the hell are you? Can you really hear me? Give me a sign, please. I found some stairs that led under the stage. Someone has been here, more recently than the left-behind camp in the auditorium. There's a can of peaches open and unmolded, like the person eating them was interrupted by something. Samma loved peaches. I've searched this whole damn place and there's no one anywhere. I thought maybe I was in luck when something that looked like bloodstains led up to the sound booth, but there was only a body of a woman. Gave me a damn fright, but it weren't Samma. The woman was rotted, eyes eaten up by maggots, tongue black. I couldn't immediately tell how she died, but it wasn't pleasant if the blood was any indication. Her skin was too soft to examine her for stab wounds or bites. God have mercy on her. I'm sitting in the concession stand now, wondering what my next step should be. Where's Michael when I need him? Is it safe enough for me to get some sleep? The radio station across the street. I forgot about it, but they mentioned it in their beacon. I can get there before dark. It should be close. God, get me there safe. I made it. The crawlers are getting closer and more numerous. What are they waiting for? I could see their shadows hanging out of windows, lurking under the doorways all around me. But it seems the sun keeps them at bay. In another hour, I won't have its protection. I boarded up the door to the station best I could, but I haven't had a chance to explore the whole place, and God knows if there's another entrance. Michael, what have you gotten me into? This place has a jenny, if the rumble I hear is any indication. It's power in the most basic things. There's a government beacon recorded, but the survivors put their own message on in its place. I guess the Jenny is running it. Don't know how much longer that will last. I'm in the DJ booth, and there's no sign of Samma or anyone else. All right, I'm... Oh, shit. Shit, 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 shit. All right. I got away from them and boarded myself up in the DJ booth. I'm hiding under the desk because there's a hell of a lot of glass between me and those crawlers. I was right about their son and there being a back way in. There's too many for me to get around and there's too many for them to have wandered in idly. They're following me. They have to be. But why? Are the city crawlers different from the one we've seen at the farm? More aggressive? So far it seems that way. I can't figure out why they're so afraid of the sun though. Wait. What's that? Frankie, I'm alive, and I wanted you to know that I found her. I found Samma. Well, actually, she found me. There was a clap like thunder that shook the entire building, 
and when I crawled out from under the desk, she was looking at me through the glass, a little boy in her arms. All the crawlers were dead, eyes burned out. Guess I know what happened to that woman in the theater. Samma was glowing, Frankie. Glowing. Michael was right. She wants me to follow her. I don't know if we're going home, but I'm going with her, and I'm never leaving her again. I just wanted you to hear this in case we don't come back, Frankie. In case I don't make it back. So I'm setting this to repeat. I kept my promise, Frankie. I talked until she came back. I... I love you all. Don't forget about me. This is Sheriff, signing out. Don't Fear the Wasteland is a story-driven podcast by Joey Hall, chronicling Sheriff's journey in the apocalypse and broadcast as a radio show from the last hurrah in Alabama. It's an oasis for survivors in the blasted remains of the old world, or Earth as we know it now. To learn more about the wasteland where Sheriff spends her days, check out don'tfearthewasteland.com and joeyhall.com. Thanks for listening.